Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. Will this year be a milestone year in Bible prophecy? Does the Bible predict a renewed planet Earth where peace, safety, prosperity, and security abound? Will we overcome GMOs, chemical pollutants, super germs, and deadly outbreaks? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Well, greetings friends around the world who are interested in prophecy. Today I want to talk to you about, will this be a milestone year? It's already been a milestone year. The new president and him traveling around doing some pretty great things like standing up to NATO. Wow. Well, what about an outstanding year in prophecy? Are there any prophecies that are being fulfilled right now? Let's turn to Matthew 24 for a moment. Let's remember that Jesus was the greatest of all the prophets, and he was speaking prophetically. And we've read this before, but let me just start over again, just to give you a little uh, background. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Do you not see these things? Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that won't be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when these shall be what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age and Jesus answered and said unto them be careful that no man deceives you or leads you astray for many shall come in my name saying I'm the Christ and shall deceive many and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in different places. All these are but the beginning of sorrows. That's verse 8. And we'll stop there for a moment. Don't you believe that we have seen some of these things... I most certainly do. Pestilences is where I want to focus right about now. What does that mean, pestilences? Well, it can mean a lot of different things like earthquakes and tsunamis and hurricanes and diseases, epidemics. It can mean nuclear fallout. You know that there are now probably hundreds of people in the United States that have purchased one of those uh, Geiger counters that you can uh, test your food with or test your car with or test the air with. They're finding radiation from Fukushima over in Japan all over the United States. And some of these are 
registering in great numbers, deadly, scary numbers in the hundreds. And just a couple of weeks ago, it was in the 25, 30, 27 range all over the country. Well, you can go to BP Earthwatch and you can go to his website. I believe it's bpearthwatch.com and check it out. He's got a map and he tracks things that are happening to our planet and it would be a good thing for you to do. You can also go to his YouTube channel, BP Earthwatch, and watch his videos. He puts them out about twice a day. So, wow. But he keeps track of what's happening to our planet. For example, the wobble. I think I mentioned that in another podcast. And the wobble is getting bigger, and I've noticed that north of my house, there is kind of a, a little backyard lane back there, and it never has had sunshine on the ground. It's It's been on the fence. I've got a privacy fence around it, but wow, now it's shining on the ground. I'm thinking about planting plants back there. Why is that happening? That's never happened before, and I've lived here over 30 years. Well, the wobble of the earth has tilted the axis, and it's made it much, much brighter. I've noticed a tremendous intensity uh, of the sun that has been accelerating, getting, getting more and more intense by the day, it seems like. And it's very hot down here in Florida as a result of these things. Well, even the sunshine can be a pestilence if it gets too hot. There is a scripture that talks about um, the, hot, the, the hot sun getting so hot that it'll actually scorch men. Do you know where that scripture is located? It happens to be in, it's in Revelation 16 and verse 9. Here's what it says. I'm going to back up to uh, verse 8. And the fourth angel poured out his vial, or bowl, upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and yet they repented not to give him glory. Unquote. That's uh, Revelation 16, 8 through 10, to be exact. So, are we entering that stage already in prophecy? I don't know. I, I don't really think so, even though it's hotter than it ought to be. Ah, well, anyway. There are lots of things happening in the world. There are wars on 42 fronts throughout the world. And a lot of it is caused by Islam and the activities of their radical arm. Do you know that Islam is not just a religion. It is also a government. That it is also a service, quote-unquote, 
They think that they're doing God service by killing Christians and Jews and any other non-Muslim. This is not correct. This is not right. This is not the way Jehovah operates. It might be the way Allah operates. In my view, Allah is nothing more than another name for Satan the devil himself. So, the thing is, they're troublemakers, and that's just what they do. I know some Muslims, and I have tried to be friendly to them, and try to help them and take care of them, because that's what I do. But the radical Muslims are troublemakers, and they want nothing but death. And Jesus spoke of that one time, and let's see if we can find out where that is. John 10, 10. Well, let's back up to 9. He says, and this is Jesus. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief doesn't come except for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, and then runs away and leaves the sheep, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees away because he is a hiring and doesn't care for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, that they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father." Unquote. Well, we in this age are the ones who are the one, the sheep from another fold. We weren't the disciples of Jesus. We didn't see him. We didn't rub elbows with Jesus. We are newbies on the block, for sure. So the point I'm trying to make here is that there are things happening in the world that are pretty scary. The world is changing, and changing faster than ever before. So is the weather. So is radical Islam. You know that there are, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, there are over 120 missiles pointed at Israel. And we have a volatile situation there. Let's go back in, in other uh, episodes and listen to what I said about it. Basically, there's going to be a war in the Middle East. 
And that war is going to get really, really ugly. And it's going to change things in your world and mine, and not for the better. However, I have to tell you that there are some good things coming, much better things. I had someone ask, does the Bible predict a renewed planet Earth where peace and safety and prosperity and security abound? Yes, thank God it does. And where might we find such a thing? Well, let's go to the book of Isaiah. I know I love to go to there because it's kind of a compressed Bible all in one volume. It's right in the middle of your Bible. And I will go first to, um, this time we'll go to chapter 11. you got to hear this. This is so cool. It shall, or There shall come forth, this is verse 1, chapter 11, Isaiah, a rod out of the stem of Jesse. In other words, a descendant of Jesse. And that's referring to Jesus. And a branch, Jesus is called the branch at this point, shall grow out of his roots and shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he shall make him of quick understanding, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither shall he reprove after the hearing of his ears. But instead with righteousness, and I'm going to show you what that is. Righteousness is love. With righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. And righteousness, or love, shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. I'm just going to stop right there and tell you what love or righteousness is. Why do I think it's righteousness? Why do I think love is righteousness and righteousness is love? He says in the book of Psalms that all your commandments are righteousness. Well, what are his commandments? Well, God gave us all ten commandments. He gave them to Adam and Eve, too. I firmly believe that. Well, it starts off with, You shall have no other gods before the true God. And I'm just going by memory. That, uh, that's number one. And you shall not make unto yourself a graven image to bow down to. That's number two. That condemns idolatry. And number three. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's number three. Number four. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You see, the first four commandments are how we show our love to God and Him back to us. 
And then the last six commandments deal with human beings. You shall honor your father and mother and obey them. That's the fifth commandment. What's the sixth? You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery, number seven. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine is you shall not lie, bear false witness. And number 10, you shall not covet what is your neighbor's. And of course, these are very short form. And you can learn more in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. That's where the Ten Commandments are spelled out. But you can see that if righteousness is all his commandments, and all of his commandments show how to love God and how to love neighbor, righteousness equals love. And there you go. So, let's continue in verse 6, chapter 11 of Isaiah. Get this, this is so cool. I hope you've read this before. The wolf shall also dwell with the lamb. Okay, here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. We have a carnivorous animal that normally would attack and eat a lamb, and they're dwelling together? Hmm, interesting. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Whoa, are you kidding me? A little kid? Well, I wouldn't put my little kid in front of a lion or a leopard or a wolf. Well, in those days, a little child will lead them. How beautiful. There has to be a change in nature. So, let's continue. Verse 7, The cow and the bear shall feed together. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Are you kidding me? He doesn't have the teeth to eat grass. And now he does. And he's eating grass like a cow would. He's not biting animals and sucking their blood and so on. Verse 8. The little suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. An asp is a poisonous snake. Whoa. And the wane child shall put his hand upon the cockatrice's den. That's another poisonous snake. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, or government, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Wow. In that day, verse 10, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand as an ensign for the people, a sign. To him shall the Gentile nations seek, and his resting place shall be glorious. Unquote. So you can easily see that there are some major changes coming. When Jesus returns and becomes the King of Kings, 
all things will change. Satan will be locked up. He will not be able to deceive or do any harm, cause war or anything. War will cease for at least 1,000 years. And then after a short time where Satan is released to do damage, that will be squelched and then he himself will die. Satan himself is going to die. No wonder he's riled up. He doesn't want to get caught. He doesn't want to go to prison and then die. But that's exactly what the Bible indicates will happen. If you want proof of that, where does it say that Satan the devil is going to die? Well, I would turn to Ezekiel chapter 28. So let's see if we can find it. That would be uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Um, so we're going to Ezekiel. After Lamentations, you've got Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, chapter 28. Let's see, I've got my Bible here. I hope you, uh, you will read along with me. Okay, Ezekiel 28. Let's go down to verse 11 to start. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus. Now that would be referring to Satan himself, because he's not a prince, he's a king of Tyrus, and that's a symbol, a biblical symbol for sin. And say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You seal up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, uh, garnet, and gold, the workmanship of your tabrets and your pipes, and I believe these are musical instruments, was prepared in the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub that covers, and I set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God, and you've walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in all your ways until iniquity was found in you. Verse 16. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, you were cast out as profane out of the mountain of God. And I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, and you have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground and lay you before kings that they may behold you. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of you, 
and it shall devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that look on you. All they that know you among the peoples shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror, and never shall you be any more. Unquote. So you can easily see from that that the devil is going to die the death, just like human beings, except he won't be resurrected. Wow. Okay, so let's answer the question asked, will we overcome GMOs, chemical pollutants, super germs, and deadly outbreaks? We may not overcome them, but Jesus Christ will when he comes. He's going to change up all of nature. As we've already seen, he's going to turn carnivores into herbivores. So we all may as well learn to eat vegetables, seems to me, instead of eating cows three times a day. You know, I can see eating them um, in very small quantities, one morsel per holy day like the Passover and the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles. Three times in the year, one portion of meat probably won't hurt us. But today, the meat industry has everything so screwed up and they're polluted with uh, all sorts of chemicals, with growth hormones and with... Um, just all kinds of stuff that I don't even want to go into, like antibiotics and, and such. Study into the meat that you're eating and find out what goes into it. And what do they feed the cattle these days? Well, they feed them ground-up cow parts, bones and teeth and everything else, they, a renderer will come and get the downer cows and grind them all up and they make feed out of it and the cows eat them again. At least they have up until recently. Maybe they've stopped that practice. And But what I know about farming, and I grew up poking cows and doing dairy and all that kind of stuff. We milked cows and we drove cattle and we had beefers and, and uh, milk cows. I used to feed them and it was a great adventure really, but a lot of hard work too. I can't get out of my head the picture I saw of my mother or my grandmother and the cow that she was trying to milk lifted up its foot and put it down right on my grandmother's foot and crushed her foot wow and it wouldn't let go wouldn't let it up and she kept beating on its butt trying to get it to let up but she had one black and blue foot for a long time. So it's a kind of a dangerous thing because we're much smaller animal, or well, people than they are, and they can hurt you. So beware and be careful. But also be careful what you eat. I don't want you to have to go through heart problems and obesity and such. And the only real answer 
is becoming a vegan or a vegetarian and eating meat three times a year, not three times a day. We used to eat it three times a day. Some people eat it every single time they eat. Oh boy, no wonder we've got problems on the earth. That's not sustainable and we need to sustain our lives. I recommend that we grow our own food and that food comes out of our garden and not out of the chicken house and not out of the hog pens or the, the barnyard where the cattle are supposed to be. Instead, we have CAFOs that um, are concentrated animal feedlots and that's a, that's a terrible thing, but anyway, better days are coming. I want you to be fully aware of those good days that lie ahead when Jesus returns. Can you imagine with Jesus here? He is going to be the most powerful king who ever lived. And he will rule with a rod of iron. Next time we'll talk more about such things. We've already addressed the idea that family farms will return. Good days are coming. Well, go to my website, itellwhy.com, or you can email me at jesusiswhy at gmail.com. Till next time, have a great day. Study your Bible. Thank you.